Hello and welcome. Let's talk Knicks, the podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports. I am Jason Talbot. And with me, of course, none other than Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, how are you feeling? Are we are we fully recovered? Is the question. Uh, there's a little bit of a cough lingering still. It's getting better though. It's 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 all right. But I will say I'm a little I'm a little disappointed in you. All of a sudden, off offline, I heard <laughs> you dropped you dropped a Reese's and people I'm, I'm know sorry, how I man. feel about that. I think I I, I I went on a rant about it around Halloween about those <laughs> those Reese's pieces. Listen, man. I was like. I've been living I've been living in the Midwest now for a while and and they just break it down the people here. My, I didn't know it was they did it in the Midwest too. I only knew it in uh in Boston and in parts of the south they say it too, but I, I told you too that I will never say Reese's pieces. Um so to that say no <laughs> that's actually the first time I think I've ever called it a Reese's. It is a Reese's, I'm sorry. But I did say it so casually. Like I, I kind of went through it. Like it was yeah, not. You, said it, you didn't even think about it. Just, <laughs> uh, I was like what happened to him? Where is he? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta be real. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. I accept. I accept. I know it, it. You know things happen. It's all right. I'm over it. All right. Well, uh, I am sorry for that. Uh, got a lot of talk. Lots to, to talk about today. A lot of Nick stuff. I think a lot of angry Nick stuff as usual. We're we're at that point of the season where. We're at our angriest. Uh, we got some. We're gonna talk a little Knicks. Knicks branding, the branding of the team, the, the Knicks look. Do they need a new look? We're gonna talk about Dolan. A lot of Dolan talk today. A lot of spheres talk. We're gonna talk about spheres, people. Um, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but this is a real thing. Spheres are real. Um, we're gonna talk NBA trades. Uh, first, first want to shout out, you know, we're trying to get on that social media. So if, if you guys, the listeners out there, you can find myself on Twitter at at Jason Talbot. You can find my man, Marcus. We're trying to get him on that Twitter a little bit more. Share his thoughts at M Chin And you could follow let's talk Nick's podcast over on IG at let's underscore talk underscore Nick's. And that is officially our first plug. Of the podcast, how'd pretty I do? Good. I think you did not bad. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, those ad reads, man. You're, uh... I didn't. I didn't even practice that. I just. I felt good about it. I really. I really want the follows. You know, um, uh, it's very start, rare. You, you got to start like on getting Twitter. on IG more, man. You gotta get. I know. I'm a Twitter <laughs> guy, man. You're more IG. I'm more Twitter. But but it's we good, we wrap the spot. podcast yeah, on we'll, IG. We'll figure it out. We got it going. Um, yeah, follow uh, Reese's has a really good <laughs> IG handle. Um, no, I'm kidding. Okay. All right. It's uh, it's been a week <laughs> since we were last on, and no real good news coming out of Nick's camp in that last week. It's amazing how so much can happen, even though so little is actually happening. But actually, you know what? Before before we get into the Knicks, let's let's give a little. A little shout out to the to the Brian family. That was some really, that was some crazy news, man. I mean, last Sunday, it's like the, I, 
I think it shook everybody, every NBA fan. Really sad. Uh, you just feel for the family, and just I think in the way it happened, like it just seemed like surreal. Like you know they're gonna make like a movie about it. It just it just doesn't like how does this happen to to someone so famous um, and, and just who meant so much to to people. It, it was it was pretty crazy. You know, um, I I had some feelings about it when uh like it was and it was crazy when I found out about it. Literally what I was what I was doing when I found out about it. I was standing out I was at the playground at the basketball courts and I was watching oh, wow. these kids play basketball and I was kinda like talking trash about them because they were so bad. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should get out there and just give them a give them a shot or two. Cause it was a nice day out and we were just walking around. And I said to the kid, I was like, get, I was like, let me get a shot up. And my phone's like buzzing, but I didn't like I could feel it going off. But I was like, let me take a shot. And I said to this kid, "You got to work on that Kobe fadeaway, man." And that's literally what I said to wow. him. And I pulled it out. I did it. I just like leaned into him and did the turnaround fadeaway jumper. I was like, "That's the fadeaway. You got to work on it." And then I walked away. Wow. And then I went into the store and I looked at my phone and I saw it. I was like, "Wait, this can't be true." And to check the news outlets and saw it was coming in. I was just like, oh my God. Like, and then when the, it came out that like his daughter was with him and, you know, everybody kind of has, uh, they have the, their feelings about Kobe and, you know, yes, he wasn't perfect, but you saw how he, how he lived his life in the second yeah. half, those 24 Kobe years. Yeah. I got to say, I'm a number eight Kobe guy. I always liked him when he first came in <laughs> because eight's my lucky number. Yeah. So when he came into the league, I was like the eight, that was the T-shirt I had was the eight Kobe. Yeah. But you know, you look at him more as like he's a family guy in his later years. Sure. And that's a lot. You hear a lot of yeah. what people are talking about is, you know, his work ethic and how he was as a father. And I think it's good that people remember that stuff about him. Yes, sure. we know he had issues and allegations and all that stuff, but you can look at it and that it shook him and it changed his life after that. And you know, you don't. No one knows what happened. There was no, but people move on. They change their lives for the better. And you look at the way they died. Like you said, the way it happened. You got people who are coming out and saying stuff. It's like, it's almost like bigger than when Michael Jackson died. If you're looking at the outpouring there. And like, I lived in LA for a while. Yeah. So you can't say anything about Kobe in LA. Like they love him there. He is like a God, like a superhero there. And yeah. So I had some friends that were just talking about like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's very eerie out there in the city, like everybody felt something. Yeah. And the way, the reason I say it's bigger is because athletes, they know they, they connect with more people. Like Michael Jackson was a very reclusive figure, you know, like not a lot of people personally right. knew him, but Kobe, like NBA players, it was they his, all know each it other. was his, yeah. Michael Jackson. It was his music that touched everybody. The, the Michael Jackson, the person and I don't know. A lot of people didn't really know who he was. Exactly. Um, whereas like Kobe, know, Kobe I know. mean, I mean, Kobe, you could argue that like, I mean, at 41 years young, 
he was almost at the peak of his career when this happened, like what he was doing in business and, you know, the, even the young, all, I was surprised to see all the young basketball players, like, and how much he affected them and the, just their responses. And like, I get it. Like they grew up watching this guy. That was like- and then when they came into the league, like Kobe was like in all of their lives. Like he was just an ambassador to basketball and like worldwide too. And it's like, he was the Jordan for that era. You know, yeah. like oh, for even, sure. Like our age, like we grew up, we know, we know MJ. I mean, but Kobe came into the league when we were ten years old, so it was a little more. We knew him his entire career, yeah. and all these young guys, they're like, yeah, he's the reason I picked up a basketball. Like they were little kids when he came in. So I it's kind of you're in your thirties and you're going down to play at the playground and literally telling a kid you got to work on your Kobe fadeaway. I think I think that. That says it all. Like, he's still part of everyone's life, and that's what you chose to say in that moment. You didn't say, even as a Nick fan, you didn't say you got to work on that Ewing fadeaway or you got to work on that MJ fadeaway. No. It's like, you, he's still talked about. And as basketball fans, like, he just meant so much to the game, and um, it's just super sad. Like, there's really no other way. Yeah, uh, and they're going to be talking about it forever, and it's, you know... I was, it's funny, I was thinking that too. It's like, are they going to make a movie about this? Like, how would they do it and stuff? It was kind of crazy, but... Also, the flip side to a lot of it, not really the flip side, but just an extra layer to it, is, you know, people talk about a lot, a lot of women were affected by it too because of what he was doing for women's basketball and right. the WNBA. The and yeah. when you're a guy who has all daughters... That's what, yeah. you know, my mom always says, like, if you mess around with, if you have any, like, things going on with women when you're younger, you're going to have all daughters. So she, <laughs> she always says, she said that about my uncle, too, and oh, he's got yeah, two girls. <laughs> and, and so that's just, funny. like, what the, what was going on with that? And the fact that, you know, he goes down being a father, literally taking his daughter to a basketball game where he's the coach. It's yeah. just kind of crazy. But, you know, it's... Uh, like you said, very sad. Uh, I had the uh, I had the Kobe T-shirt. Someone took it from me a couple of years ago and never gave it back, so I don't have one. But <laughs> you do not have a Kobe T-shirt. But you know, it was um, cool to see. Like you know, Empire State Building was lit up, and the garden was lit. It was literally like across the street, like outside my window at work yeah. is where the Empire State Building is, so you could see it from there. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. They played the 61-point game at the Garden. They played on MSG a couple days ago. Oh, I remember that game. And I was looking at this team. I was like, wow, man. Like, So which is worse? I mean, this was the starting lineup. (laughs) Not to do like a hard pivot or anything, but we're going to transition a little bit. Yeah, no, no, let's, let's, let's do it. Cause we had Chris Duhon, Al <laughs> yeah, I liked I like Duhon. David Lee, yeah. uh, Jared Jeffries, and Quentin Richardson. Yeah. That's your five. With Nate Robinson coming off the bench. I was like, I mean, if Kobe was going to get 61 against any team, that was the team to do it against. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, um, this is, and that was the year the Lakers won. 
I think they but, won the title that year too. So like they were, yeah. That was the late years. That was like Kobe P Kobe in twenty at uh, twenty four. So yeah, and to bring up that point of when you're watching that game and looking at that starting lineup, you do see a little bit of a similarity of where the Knicks are now when you look at a starting lineup where you're just kind of like, huh? <laughs> like what? Okay. <laughs> this is where we are. This is where. We are as Nick fans. Um, Dan Tony was the coach. Yeah. So and we had high hopes going into the season. So, yeah. Uh. And let's let's get right into. I want to talk about this. Uh, the last game the Knicks played, the the Memphis Grizzlies, Knicks game. Because there was a big, there was a big moment at a the end of the game, if where I forgot who inbounded the ball. I think it was Randall. The Knicks were down like 20. Game was over. The game was over. 47 seconds left. And he rolls the ball in very casually to Alfred Payton, who's kind of not – he kind of was looking forward. Okay, kind of came back to real slow. And Jay Crowder comes up, steals the ball, runs it back to the three-point line, (laughs) and shoots a three. Which I thought was kind of funny. Like, he was being a jerk. It was a jerk move. You're already up by 20. But it's also like, I think he's just trying to rub it in the Knicks' faces. Like, you guys are kind of soft. And, you, and there's you, you like, just... you know, but there's like the code of players. It's like, the game is over. You yeah. already won. You don't have to do that. But... He shouldn't have done that. I mean, there's no reason to other than to get under the Knicks' skin. So now the question is, how are the Knicks going to react to this happening? And of course, not very well. Alfred Payton shoves him to the I mean, floor. He did, but you laid some wood into him. Like, he punched yeah. him in the chest and then um, <laughs> threw him to the floor. And judging by their size, I think Jay Crowder could probably take everybody on the Knicks. Maybe minus Julius Randle. Um, that guy, I, I, he's the one guy I don't think I'd want to get in a fight in. Marcus Morris, I mean, he acts tough. I don't know. Is he? He could beat me up. Maybe he's a biter. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and me. then what proceeded was Marcus Morris in an interview calling Jay Crowder soft and feminine-like. Um, and Womanly. Womanly, yes. Um, my reaction was I was in line with Clyde. He said it during the game. Play, play the game of basketball. Alfred Payton shouldn't have done what he did. It's like if you're still playing, even if you're down 20... None of this is going to happen. I mean, if you want to give up, that's fine, but you can still inbound the ball and hold on to it. You see so many of these fights. What was it, the college game with uh, Kansas and Kansas State where they were up 20 just dribbling it out, and then Kansas State stole the ball and tried to dunk it even though they were down 20. It was kind of like an (laughs) an opposite uh, reaction. But I don't know, all that little stuff and etiquette and things like that, I mean, there's a time and place for it, but when you're down 20 – you shouldn't be pushing anyone else on the other team no matter what they do, even if they're rubbing it in your face. Play harder. Play better. You're an NBA team. I just I was embarrassed as a Knicks fan. I, I really was. And then the comments from Marcus Morris, and he, he brought it back and apologized and this and that, but I was truly – I didn't think I could be any more embarrassed in being a Knicks fan, but how that all went down – and, of course, the Knicks fans come through 100% and start chanting, sell the team. That was the only bright spot, I think, 
of the whole uh, altercation. But I was truly embarrassed. And Marcus Morris, I'm just like completely over. We'll talk about more about him uh, as well. But and it's, let it's the bad taste that, in my you mouth. Know, he was, he was like, he was saying like, oh, you know, I was in the heat of the moment and said stuff. He was pretty calm and collected when he said it. And he had the moment it was after a, the game. It was such a weird <laughs> thing to say. Like he was acting very feminine like and act like I mean, you know what he wanted to say. Yeah. But he didn't say it. And then of course it comes up like he wants to say, Oh, it was a bitch move. That's all he yeah. really wanted to say. <laughs> and he went and made, said it in yeah. an even worse way. Like if you had said it's a bitch move, people would go like, Oh, okay, you know, like you know the vernacular mm-hmm. of the athletes. And but to say is very feminine. He play he plays very womanly. Like yeah. what are you talking about, man? Like what are you doing? And then of course he gets into it with the WNBA players and Yeah, of course. It's a stupid thing to mad. say. It's like it was so stupid. Like, what are you doing? And Ugh, these guys, like my namesake, I I, I hate it. Like every week it's something else with this guy. <laughs> my namesake. I gotta start people gotta start calling me like calling me Rob or something. I mean I maybe know. you know the trade <laughs> deadline's coming up. Can we just do a straight Marcus from Markeith, straight up. Just don't even tell the league. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Just <laughs> like we'll know, but we'll be old in school switcheroo. Like, no uh, one's gonna notice. And I love that Jay Crowder, um, you know, po- reposted on a Twitter and then just wrote, "This is what five for seventeen sounds like," because you're calling him soft. Your team just lost by twenty. Jay Crowder put up eighteen and seven, going four for six. From three-point land. He shot all threes, went four for six. He had a great game. Marcus Morris didn't do anything. He played terrible. And honestly, yeah, I mean, he only got to play 26 minutes. I thought even that was 26 minutes too much. I mean, Marcus Morris, was he was bad. He was a really, a really bad game. And he's leading the team with 17 shots. Um, I, I, I just, it was so embarrassing. Uh, the sell the team thing. I did like that, as I said. Got to bring this up too. The sell the team chance started. And what, of course, happened? Dolan kicked out a teenage kid. And that's the <laughs> thing. When that was happening, everyone's like, "Oh, well, they can't kick out everybody because you know, like when he's he's a little baby, and when he hears that stuff, but." This is the owner. If you're going to kick someone out, you're gonna kick out a fifty, like a teenage kid that you just happen to see, and then there's a photograph of him pointing out the kid to security, and it just, it just get it gets worse every time. Like he never, it's childlike, (laughs) and like I mean, going back to when he when Dolan kicked out Oakley, and just this whole idea of the owner. And any time a fan says something negative, and there, I mean the Knicks, there's so many negative things to say. They, the owner put, tells his security, remove this guy from the stadium? It's strange. It's really, really strange. Uh, and I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, I just, I, it's very troubling. <laughs> Very troubling. We wonder why people don't, you know, players don't want to play in New York. And why would you want to be part of this? And 
with all this going on, we started talking. We started doing a little research on Dolan. Because I've always thought this guy is so weird. Something's and I, I just I want to know more about this guy or, or see some interviews with him talking because he's so have you and you've watched some interviews with Dolan. He's a weird guy. He's, an, he's, an he's odd really yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on with this guy. But I came across a video where he's talking about spheres. <laughs> and I immediately had to hit you up. And send you links. Levels. Okay. So here's the story. If you haven't, you need to look this up. James Dolan has this obsession with changing the entertainment industry. And you know he's big in entertainment. He owns like, you know, MSG and Radio City and a bunch of uh, different venues. He's, He's in a band. This is his true passion, the entertainment industry. And he wants to build these new concert venues these structures that are spheres they're spherical and they build them and it's supposed to make the you can go there to watch movies you can go there to watch concerts the sound the sound is supposed to be crazy yeah it's supposed to be the best sound i'm not gonna lie it sounds freaking awesome it could be amazing it could be (laughs) the best way to experience a movie or a concert or something we don't know Actually, we will know <laughs> in 2021, I think. That in soon? Vegas. I think oh, the Vegas sphere is going to be the yeah. first. Is going to be the first sphere. Um, <laughs> the first but <laughs> <laughs> the first sphere of our life. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know. What to, I don't know what to say. It's just like he, I've like, never seen him that's so excited and so amped <laughs> up. Yeah, like you could see it in his eyes, like the joy and like this vision that he has about these spheres like, taking over it. like spheres. <laughs> spheres Jerry. Uh, so I, I just don't know what to make of this. I think he wants to turn MSG into a sphere at some point that might take a little longer or he wants spheres in New York city. I mean, it's shaped, spheres of the future, man. It's shaped like a circle already. They just got to build up. No, but you got to build it with a, the triangles. Make a make a dome over it, maybe. I don't know. Levels. Uh, you got to watch that that clip on USA Today and the other the other people that they're interviewing, and it's just so bizarre. Like you wonder why this guy doesn't know anything about basketball uh, or what to do with an NBA team because he's either in his band or he's he's worrying about these spheres. He's just sitting there spinning uh, marbles in his hands. But, <laughs> This but is his the interesting passion. thing, though, is you remember this story that came out, I want to say it was in November, about how they were going to start splitting up MSG Sports and MSG Entertainment. Yes. So, like, if you wanted to, you could, like, buy stock in the Knicks and the Rangers. Like, they would be their own thing. And I think it's supposed to happen. I just don't know when. But the yeah. MSG Entertainment is going to be, like, you know, Radio City and... All the MSG right. stuff they have out in Vegas, which is the spheres. So right. if you're thinking this could be awesome, you might want to invest in MSG Entertainment. Right. Buy a couple shares. I, I and mean, I, and honestly, the spheres I, think will take it is, over. <laughs> I think it can be a good investment and it's pretty cool. It's weird hearing him talk about it, but I just don't understand, dude, if that's your passion, like what is the obsession with still owning the Knicks and being the owner? You have unlimited funds. You have all these other passions. 
Dolan, like what? And what that's, is that's, wrong that's with the you, thing, man? though, is I think that if they do that, then there's two separate things. He'll still own MSG, the MSG name, but he could get rid of the Knicks and the Rangers and still just own the entertainment part right. of it. And I, he'll make all his money off of spheres and everyone's yeah. happy. <laughs> Catch a good I flick think, and then go watch it again. <laughs> I will say that my theory on this is just Dolan views the Knicks and the Rangers as sports entertainment. That's all he sees the Knicks as entertainment. And that's why building a team through youth and the draft and developing players, none of that resonates with him. He's just all about, I want this team to win now. I want, as long as people are coming to games, hey, they are the most valued franchise by Forbes, $4 billion team. They are number one. They are ahead of the Lakers. They are number one, the most valued NBA franchise. So to him, he's still doing a good job. And but it's also like you look at him at these games. I've never seen a more depressed looking human. Yeah. He's like he's fat and he's he's old and he just looks bummed out all the time. And it's like, man, just get your life together and sell the team. And. And with this theory that I have, and that's what I, uh, a nice segue into Marcus Morris, because with the NBA trade deadline coming up and the rumors are spreading, there's actually not many around the NBA. We were talking a little bit about that before, but when it comes to the Knicks and rumors, there are really only two right now. One of them is around Dennis Smith Jr., which we can talk about. I, th- I think we do need to talk about that for a little bit. The other one is actually... The opposite of making a trade, Marcus Morris, who every Nick fan is on board, especially after his comments and the value that he can give in a trade with getting potential draft picks or young players because we're trying to build a young team. But all the rumors are that the Knicks want to talk extensions with him. And this this is kind of lined with my theory of like the Knicks still have this win-now mentality. And because Marcus Morris is actually our best player right now, which is super sad, maybe number two behind Randall, they want to keep him because I, I'm assuming that they're thinking, oh, well, if we get rid of this guy, we're going to be even worse. And it's like, well, yeah, but That's as far okay. as building the team and growing, <laughs> you need to like get rid of him because he's 31 and it doesn't make any sense. So... So, I'm you know, you know what, the, super you know what the weird thing is? It's not even an extension. So it's that if they trade him, he's a free... Like, he's only on a one-year deal. So right, if the they team tra- option next year. I don't even think there's a team option. I think they just signed him to a one-year deal. Flat. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. So Either he's way. A, he's a free agent next year. And the talk is that if they trade him, the Knicks are going to want to re-sign him as a free agent. Gotcha. You're, that's, you're correct. You're correct. That's what that. teams are. That was, that was the feeling that teams were getting. Right. It's like, oh, well, even if we get him in a trade, he's going to go back to the Knicks. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. No sense. I'm like, he's gone. Let him go. You know, like, he, why is that going to hold up a trade? It's like that, that they want to bring him back yeah. and that he wants to come back. What are you doing? They're like, like they're like making him like a centerpiece and they want to like build a team and they think that he could help young guys, I guess, because he's a veteran. But this is the same veteran who this hothead who says stupid things after games. 
He doesn't. He's not helping anybody. I, I I don't know. Maybe in the locker room they like him more. I just I think the Knicks culture. You need guys who are mentally strong, especially to be a Nick. And like the only guy right now who I think is kind of being that leader is probably R.J. Barrett, our 19 year old, who just seems to have the, the. He seems to be the most mentally tough of anyone else on that team right now. Um, I was he's as I said, even... I was disappointed. Alfred Payton. Um, I, it the no direct. Does this all just come back to like no direction? There just does not seem nobody's on the same page. Fans, Dolan, Mills, Perry, the coach. I mean, Fizdale obviously just got fired. The players, like, I feel like nobody knows what's going on. It's complete chaos. And this would be my argument for why I think the Knicks are actually in the worst shape of any team in the NBA because the Knicks don't know where they're going. We have no idea. Even the trade deadline coming up. The only other trade room we're hearing is we're going to trade DSJ maybe. Let's put him out on the court and, and kind of, you know, show and this guy off. That's and then the you only watch him play and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be lucky if we get a second round pick. Like that's the only reason I can think of <laughs> for why he was playing. I mean, they say Frank had, you know, groin injury flare up again. So it was like last minute. They found that out, so that's why he didn't play against Memphis. Yeah. And DSJ is getting the first guard off the bench, but <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe they want to show him off to trade. But like, you would be much better to let no one see him play. Yeah. And <laughs> you gotta... oh yeah, I remember when he used to play. He's pretty athletic. Sure, let's. Uh, <laughs> he's young. Let's bring him in. Nope. So you're gonna see him clang three pointers, <laughs> airball free throws, whatever else he's trying to do out there, and. We're not going to get anything for him. And he's only, like, what, 21, 22, something like that? He's very young. And we're not going to – I I don't I don't know. Like, it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any – none of this makes any sense. Like, we don't know what's going on. You have to be here. able to see this guy in practice, and he hasn't been playing pretty much all year. Or someone in that organization has to realize that, like, we can't put this guy out there. We're better off – keeping him on the bench and let teams like remember some of the, cause we saw flashes, right? We've talked about how, and even, even watching him play a little bit. I mean, there were some plays that I'm like, what is this guy doing? But then there's other, he's taking a step back three. He was hitting some and he made a couple good passes, but overall it was, it was bad. It was really, he just looks lost out there. And he's skipping around. Defensively, he is terrible. Like, anytime someone sets a screen, he goes under the screen and then is, like, peeking his head back and forth behind the player. And the guys just shoot <laughs> open threes. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, that's most of the Knicks defense. And that's what the, the screen. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, guys that's wide not open. just DSJ. But, yeah, any trade value... Dallas already tricked us into, into <laughs> getting this guy. Like, no one else is going to fall for it. Uh, unless we get back I, in... I, I'm, unless I'm we get back some... in equally, like, underachieving young guy. So, like, I think Monk was the only other rumor out there for a possible trade. Like, a one-for-one. Yeah. One because he's been underperforming since he got into the league. He was supposed to be a shooter, but he's undersized. And... The Knicks would probably be the only team to say, okay, sure. 
I'll take this kid who's too small to be a two and put him out there and see what happens. Yeah. But those rumors have kind of dwindled down. Yeah. And there's really no one else that people are looking at. Like, everyone's available, but except for, say, RJ and Mitch, and I guess Marcus Morris, but who else is there? Like, no one's going to take on Randall's yeah. contract. Peyton... I mean, he could probably be an asset to a like a backup point guard to a better team, but Knox and Trier, who doesn't play anymore, it's like there's really, like you said, there's no, and I think that actually goes for a lot of the league. There's not really any big trade that I see any team making. I think the biggest trade that I saw some rumors was like the whole Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell, but it sounds like Golden State kind of had a plan bringing in Russell and maybe they'll do something uh, at the end of the season. Uh, and when it comes to the Knicks, we really don't have, I think the biggest piece that like that we can make a good trade would be the Morris thing. And I think they're on the opposite end uh, of that, uh, you know, thinking. And then Julius Randall, I think they could make a move, but there's, I don't see why you would. I, I still actually like Randall. Randall has impressed me how he's, he's improved. He's been a his lot game. better. He's a young player, and I, I of all the players that the Knicks have, like I don't see the need to move Randall at all. I wouldn't. I think, like if you want to keep a guy, he's I think he's playing up to his contract and you know I agree. If he's surrounded eventually with better players, he'll look yeah. better. But he's young. He's a young player. He's got he's got more to learn. Uh, he, we have him on contract. Uh, yeah, I just don't don't do anything, Knicks, other than trade Marcus Morris for picks or trade Bobby Portis for picks. Like guys on these one year deals, two year deals. Sure, we can trade them if you can move Dennis Smith Jr. Honestly, about what's Bobby funny Portis. too is you know they'll if they could trade Dennis Smith Jr. He'll go to a team and start dropping, you know, 16 points a game, eight assists, and, like, actually show something when he goes to a team that knows how to develop players. Because, um, I mean, the guy can jump. That's that's pretty <laughs> I cool. I mean, that's part of the game of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got any more Knicks news? I, I don't think uh, KP uh, had a nice, uh, a nice game <laughs> last night. 35 points in a loss. In a loss, with, yeah. With, with no you know Luca. Luca. I think that's the only time KP's ever going to shine is when Luca's not playing. But oh, uh, that that's a little harsh. He's been hey, he's been he's been playing well, man. He, uh, he averages him like, and Luca. He averages like sixteen points a game. Like he doesn't do a lot. And I saw a lot. I saw some photos. Fans aren't happy. Call him a bust. You know, really? But, yeah, Dallas fans—they're not loving it because okay. Luca's Luca carries that team. He does it by himself. Oh, sure. And KP doesn't need to do anything. So, of course, you're playing an undersized team. He just was having his way with them last night. He's like, he's just like shooting hook shots over Russell Westbrook. But, uh, and this was yeah. the, was it yesterday was the anniversary of the trade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's send you a, a post. And, um, you know, we got, uh, we got swindled. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I actually do want to bring one more thing up. I just wanted to uh, just show my my disappointment in um, the fact that the Knicks could not get 
the number two pick in the draft. Like watching John Morant play makes me mad. Um, he finished with a plus forty two in that uh, in that game, and that's, that's insane. Like, I think that's the highest I've ever much, seen. A plus but he minus. got everybody. He was like, like well, I don't have to score. I'll get everybody else involved. Yeah, Memphis and, is twenty four and twenty four. And I love what they're doing over there. That team with with Jackson Jr. and and Ja, it's just it's uh, he is so fun to watch. Um, and I just, I mean, RJ, we like everything that he's doing. Um, we're happy with him, but oh my god, I saw, this I is saw why you, Nick fans we wanted John Morant. I saw you put a tweet up yesterday. Yeah, that was touching on this. Because it, it reminded me of like being the one pick away from Steph Curry. And we were talking a lot about that. And then watching Ja play, I'm like, man, we were one pick away from this guy too. And, you know, last podcast, I talked a little bit about how I felt about RJ, where I like him. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure he has it. He's got that it. Ja Morant has got, it. he's got something, man. <laughs> he, he is a special, special player. Um, and I am sad, like th- just the way he plays too. I feel like New York would have like loved this guy. This guy is just so New York, man. Oh, it just like it got, makes me sad. <laughs> watching him is like you see flashes of like several different types of players. Like you see yeah. flashes of Kyrie when he's dribbling. You see. Flashes of Westbrook when he attacks the basket. Basket, yeah. And I think he's got like, Steph's like patience with the ball. How he how he kind of plays so slow and can can change pace so quickly. Like Clyde and Breen were saying, he's like he, he just he's so he's so smooth. Like he's just walking around doing his thing, not a worry in the world. Like he sees he's, everything going on. And it's like Jalen Rose kind of put it in a funny way that he was like. John Morant is a guy that just plays basketball. Yeah. Like, you can tell he's one of those guys that probably, you know, if he just was walking by someone's back, like, driveway and saw a hoop, he'd say, yo, <laughs> let me get a couple shots up. And he'd just start playing basketball. Like, he's yeah. a guy that just likes to play basketball. And you can yeah. see that in how he plays. He just loves the game. And, man, like you said, one one pick away. Always. Oh, just That's and- the- that's what the that's good. That's gonna be the Nick legacy and something that that an interesting story that I saw come up and I don't know people may not know this, but you and I are in the advertising world. That's what yeah. we that's what we do as a career, and the story came out that the Knicks are going with an ad agency to try and uh, not I don't know if it's a full rebrand or you know. They go into an ad agency to rebrand the image of the Knicks. And it's ironically the same agency that did the net stuff when they came to Brooklyn. Which Yeah. I don't know we how much thoughts. I love that stuff. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um so like it's 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 just interesting to think what could they do from a creative standpoint to make the Knicks more relevant. And I think at the Mainly what they want to do is they want to become more relevant to a younger demographic. Younger, yeah. And that's the that's the tricky thing, I think, is because 
the Nick fan base is heavily old school. You know, it's like people who've been following this team been following them for like their entire lives. Yeah. So that's the difference when you were working with the Nets and they're a new team coming in. Brooklyn itself is changed completely. So you have a whole new market there to talk to. And they had, you know, they had Jay-Z at the time, part of it. And it just resonated a lot easier with a younger crowd. But they had KG and Paul Pierce coming and Joe Johnson was there. And they were actually, they had that one to two year window where they were actually a good team. Like they were in the playoffs that first or second year. That's the first thing I would say if I'm sitting in a meeting, in a strategy meeting with these guys, you're you're running an uphill battle because one, the team is not good. They that's stink. the that's the first thing. First. Is the Nets had a good team when they tried to do this. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. You kind of look stupid when you rebrand and your team stinks. Like no one's you, you when a team is winning, it's almost like no matter what the branding is of a team, when you have a winning franchise and team, like you're kind of drawn to that look a little bit. Like even the Raptors, like their old school unis with the stupid dinosaur on it. Like if they didn't have Vince Carter and that cool team, then it wouldn't have been cool. They would have been a laughing style. Like, I mean, so the they next, were pretty bad. I, I completely agree. They got to they got to be careful <laughs> with what kind of new look stuff. Oh, because then they look like this bad team just trying to get like young people come join our stink team and our and see, crap that's an, logo. another like, thing. No, no one's going to accept it right off the bat with with the marketing of them. So what you can't do if that agency is listening to this, what you can't do is. You can't use any of the players in the marketing because we have no idea who's going to be on the team. Yeah. You want to you want a sense of consistency when you're doing it. So if anything, you got to do it all from the fans perspective. And you got to have the fans represent the city because you can lean into that rivalry with the Nets and how every Nets game, essentially every New York game is a Knicks home game. Whether you're at the Garden or you're at Barclays, it's a Knicks home game. And you could lean in stuff like that. The little trash talk, it's fine. Yeah. But it all starts at the top. And I know we harp back to this all the time, that it starts with Dolan. And if you got rid of him, it would make all of this so much easier. Yeah, and for sure. My, my experience in this, I, I worked on stuff for the, for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. They did it after they got rid of the owner. That's the time you're supposed to do it. Sterling. And they had, you know, they had a core of Blake, CP3, and DeAndre Jordan, and the coach at Doc Rivers. Like, they were a team right. on the come up. When all that Sterling stuff broke, they were in the playoffs. They were in the first round with uh, the Warriors. And so you had some, we had something to build on. And the difference, it was very similar to how the Nets were going to do stuff because they were the second tier team. In a large market, you know, you're never going to be the Lakers. The Lakers were showtime. You got to represent LA as the city because Lakers are Hollywood. Lakers are the glitz and glamour. And you have to try to talk to that new demographic. The Nets essentially tried to do that. And now you're trying, you want to do it from the other side. I mean, and it's, it's going to be tough. 
as you said, we, we work in advertising and you can't just rebrand something for the sake of rebranding. You have to have a good product. Like Coke can constantly rebrand and come up with new things because people love Coke. I could go for a Coke right now. I, I mean, Great beverage. you know, open <laughs> happiness. Come on. But if you are selling me garbage just by changing that branding and, and changing the package, but that piece of crap is still in there, you're not going to do yourself any good. And see, the it's, interesting it's, it's not going to work. The interesting thing was, uh, like, with the Clippers, they changed their logo, they changed the jerseys, but they were so ugly. Everyone was like, what the hell is this? But they still had a good team. So, yeah. in, in, in essence, it didn't really and, matter that their logo was so ugly. Now, those those L.A. jerseys with the old, I love them. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like city jerseys are so dope. Like the, with the, the calligraphy that just says Los Angeles on it, love them. But, you know, we kind of set a framework for them to move things forward. And, you know, Nike... Gives them that range to have other yeah. jerseys, because those jerseys and that logo are so right. bad. But like, what can you do? You know what they're going to do with the Knicks. You got to stay classically modern. It's and we both it's said going, that that's what they're going to do, dude. And, we already know. I guarantee, whatever they come out with, you're going to be like, did these did these guys do the Nets one too? Like, that's all <laughs> we're going to think. It's going to be like. Yeah, that retro, but yet modern, kind of in between. Yeah, They're going to give them a black gonna, jersey because that's right. what everyone's been talking about. Everyone wants the Knicks to have a black uniform, yeah, and they never it, did it. it. And and it might look kind of cool, but I'm, I, I don't want to be like, yo, first of all, the Nets did it first. And it's just kind of lame. I don't – like you said, like it's just – And like this would the, be like, – This would be my – too. You yeah. need a whole this would be brand. my dream account to work on. Like as a fan, you're like, and working in advertising, you're like, oh, if I could do something to make the Knicks relevant and do something cool for the Knicks, I would yeah. love that. But it's just gonna take so. M- and after thinking about it, I'm like, it's gonna take so much more. And it's funny, your first reaction when I brought this up to you was, well, they stink, so it's not gonna make a difference. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. And then start thinking when I started thinking about working on the Clippers stuff, it was. You know, it's similar, but it's it's not. Because, and for that one, that's the one key thing is you can't sell a bad yeah. product. You know, if everyone knows the team sucks, it's not going to make a difference. Like you could. Right. I've seen like cool stuff around on the subways and stuff and they do like nice looking things. Yeah. But it's going to take so much more to really get this going. And it sounds like classic Knicks and that they have no direction. And they're just like doing things for the sake of doing it. Right. And they haven't thought this through yet that we can't rebrand. Like if they had gotten KD and Kyrie, that's when you do it. Right. Exactly. You don't do it when and, your team sucks. And it's funny because I'm starting to look at like other teams and like when they did, you know, some rebranding work, whether it's the, you know, the Raptors, even the Bucks have recently. Um, oh, you know, I love the Giannis Bucks years. Um, <laughs> Houston Rockets um, eventually made a change. The Cavs like. They made a big change with like when LeBron came in, the Nuggets. Like all these teams are kind of, you know, they're picking their spot when exactly to do yeah. it. Um, and the Knicks haven't had really a spot in the last twenty years. That's why they haven't really done much. And you could also argue that the Knicks are like a, a historic franchise, so they don't necessarily need to do that. They have come out with like 
you know, different jerseys um, that I've liked. I've been, you know, the jerseys they wore actually against the, the Grizzlies. I'm not that crazy about it. And I think this also speaks to what the team doesn't have a direction. So how is the branding of this team really going to have a direction? Like, you know, in our profession, you know, I'll probably start getting reference, making some mood boards and trying to figure out what is this look and feel going to be. And honestly, other than trying to copycat what Brooklyn kind of did, I don't really know. They're the Knicks, you know, they're not, they're not an actual thing like the bulls or, or Hornets or something. They're, they're, they're Knicks. Like I don't even know. You know what a you know what a knickerbocker. Yeah, is? it's like it's like it's, pants, right? It's underpants. No, it's it's a, it's a term for a New Yorker. It's like an old school term for a New Yorker. The knickerbockers. A knickerbocker, yeah. I thought it was like pants. It's they like are, the but they it's wore. it also is a term oh, for a okay, New Yorker. Yeah. It's like um, you're an, an old knickerbocker, like they're old New Yorkers. Clothing. So that's why. Yeah, yeah. So right. That's why um, the old logo was the old guy running around with his. Crazy hat, probably waving so, some So, so, and that's where I think they're going to have to go with some kind of vintage look, um, and it makes sense. But because they're a historic know, franchise, you know, it's a historic team, and like the Celtics, that's why you don't want to. Like the Celtics are never going to do anything drastic right. to their brand because it's been around for so long. The Lakers are never going to do anything drastic. Like when the Lakers came out with white jerseys, that's probably the only yeah. change they ever made to anything. But like the. The Knicks, it's like, like I said, they don't really have to do anything because the fan base is so loyal already. That's not the reason why you're not yeah. getting players to come here. Yeah. It's not the branding. It's the it's team. Not, no. It's, it's not. the ownership. It's the leadership. That's why you're spheres, not getting these man. young guys. And it's, like, it's spheres. It's, it, it comes back like, maybe we got to just get a new sphere. Is that going to be the new logo? <laughs> Is the, just the Knicks in circles and just circles everywhere. You, know? um, you got to go look that up, people. You got to go check out these spheres. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I, all right. Uh, actually, speaking of spheres, are there any new uh, any new flicks you've uh, you've seen or want to um, you know throw out the there that you would have maybe liked to have seen in a sphere? Would that have, <laughs> you think, enhanced the experience? Bond might be good in the sphere. I don't know. Good action flick. Ooh. Yeah, but sure. The only thing. Oh, you know what I have been watching? Not a flick, but I mentioned this to you like a couple weeks ago. Okay. This show you. Oh yeah, I haven't. Uh, I'm not that interested in it. It is a crazy show, and I kind of hated it at first, but it sucked yeah. me in. Okay. It's like this guy who's stalking this girl and in interfering in her life because he's in love with her, and so he's like doing all this stuff to pretty much facilitate their relationship without her knowing that he's doing it. Cause he like has all her social media stuff. He has her cell phone and everything. Yeah. So he knows everything she's doing. It's crazy. But season two things are getting a little wild. I started it last night. It's a little crazy. But, Interesting. I mean, eh, I, I wouldn't give it a full recommendation, yeah. but people love it. People like love this show. Uh, I think I've been only, on the, uh, the Peaky Blinders, uh, the latest season. Um, hmm. Excellent show. If you haven't gotten, I haven't heard you got to get your Peaky Blinders. You never heard of it? Oh, man. It's like kind of like uh, English mafia type of stuff. It's on its fifth season. Uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, who plays Thomas Shelby is unbelievable. And uh, he he plays the uh, Scarecrow in uh, 
Batman. Oh, begins. that guy, yeah. Yeah, he's it's awesome. Honestly, you give it's only five episodes a season. If you go back, watch season one, first episode, you'll be hooked. It's so good. It's a good though, like get your popcorn, you know, get the get the lights low, get the speakers set up. Uh it's it's one of those like it's, those. It, it's good. It's real, real good. I, I think, think uh, you'll love it. I what, what is did it we on? talk about Bad Boys last cast? I don't think we brought it up. No, I haven't seen it. Seen it. <laughs> I saw it. Um, big Martin Lawrence guy, <laughs> always <laughs> happen. And uh, I just need to know if you give it the endorsement of. Do I need to go out to the theater and see it? Can I wait? I mean, I love Bad Boys too. Like yeah, some people oh, Bad Boys 2 is don't like, like that one, but two or three times in theaters. <laughs> it was like that is a fun movie. And yeah. this is along the lines of that. Like you know what you're getting with it. Martin Lawrence, I think. No, I wouldn't say he carried it, but they <laughs> used him the right amount of times. Like every time yeah. he thought things were maybe about to slide into a weird spot, Martin Lawrence comes and gives you a good laugh. <laughs> and that makes That's, me so happy. <laughs> he was he was the bright spot of the movie for me. So I would say, yeah, if you got like a uh, an easy Saturday, go check it out. You know, okay, it's a, okay. It's it's an action. I'll see what I can you do. Know, it's, it's, uh, got the birthday next weekend. I was uh, I've been really wanting to see 1917. So I think I keep wanting I, to the, see that. I haven't that feels that. like a theater movie too. That's the thing. Like I when a certain movie comes out where I'm like. I got to go see this at a theater. I need the popcorn. I need the big screen. Like, you you know, there's just those certain movies. And this 1917, I don't want to wait until I'm home and watching it on, at, at my house. It just seems yeah. like I got, I got to go for the full. I, I mean, that would be a sphere beautifully, movie. So you want to see it on a, yeah. on a big screen. If I could I see one see movie in a sphere, it would be that one. Sure. <laughs> um, so I hope it's still out by next week. I think um, it's still think it should be. leading up to the Oscars. All I'll of them are going to stay in theaters. So yeah. you'll get it. Did win the, the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Uh, very interested. The one I want to see, and it comes out, I think it comes out next week, is Birds of Prey. Hmm. I'm a Margot Robbie I fan. With Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Dude, who's not a Margot Robbie fan? She's but, good. She is an excellent actress. I watched Wolf of Wall Street uh, the other day because we, we were talking about it. Love that movie. She is fantastic in it. Uh, so yeah, it's the, she's great. <laughs> it's the Harley Quinn story. So she's getting her own movie spinoff of Suicide Squad, which was not a good movie. Oh. But her is that character. I thought Suicide Squad actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't great by any means, but it wasn't that I bad. I like the beginning, like the first half of it, yeah. like when you're meeting all the characters. She was really good in it, too. She's really good yeah. as that character. And yeah. early reviews are out. Like they saw, I think it premiered in the UK. People love it. But I like it. It's a do? Good. female-led uh, comic book movie. And, awesome. you know, DCs are always hit or miss. Like, you're not sure what you're yeah. going to get with the DC movies. But people love Wonder Woman. They, you know, I thought Wonder Woman was pretty weak. but Aquaman, eh. But oh, they say, like, this one is really good. And it's got, it just has a lot of good characters that are in it. So, okay. And even the – I forget who plays the, the villain. What is his name? I can't remember. But – other reviews are in. Good. I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah they she, all they all like she it. She can so. carry a movie, man. I, I've actually never seen a movie with Margot Robbie in it that I didn't like. Even that uh, what was that Queen of Scots or something <laughs> she's in. It was really good. Yeah, the one with Will Smith, where he's like a con artist or 
Like the two of them were con artists or something like that. Was that Focus? No, that was... I don't know. It, no, I just, I don't I'm know. trying to think of Will Smith movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen. But that one was not a good movie. <laughs> but she was really good in it. Again, like she gives it. She gives good performances. Yeah, I Tanya. We talked about that. One of my oh yeah, uh, top sports movies. I haven't great. seen the one where they play like the Fox News women. Oh, the Roger Ailes uh, story thing. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I heard mixed reviews on it. Like it's okay. I but, haven't seen that. Yeah. I'm ready for a good popcorn flick and Birds of Prey might be um, might be the one. Before we go, you mentioned popcorn flick. There has been breaking news in the movie industry that we, I just want to bring up. We haven't really talked about it. Hmm. National Treasure 3. Oh my god. Is going to be made. I think it's official. I hear it's official. It says um, the green light. They got the green light I'm to pretty start production. Uh, Nick Cage's career has kind of taken a turn. <laughs> uh, not the best turn, but I don't even know. Like, we love heist movies. Who doesn't? Every guy out there, maybe some women too. There's something about heist movies that are just that hit a, a certain spot, and the National Treasure movies so much fun. Disney, yeah, Disney knows what it's doing. You know, it's got the, like, okay, the little cheeky humor here and there, the kind of the, yeah, Riley with his stupid jokes. You know, you get one every, like, 15 minutes. Um, It's kind of, like, you know what you're getting. You've seen one. You don't even have to watch two, but you know what you're going to get. And I really hope National Treasure 3, we're just going to get some more. That's all I want, you know. I mean, we've been asking for this. Nat Treasure on here before? Like we're we're big Nat we Trej fans on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nat Trej, hashtag Nat Trej. Uh, I am just so I can't excited. wait. I've um, been more excited for a movie to come out since Nat Trej too. <laughs> I worry that the whole thing, and I was reading about like why they hadn't made a third one, was because they had to get a good script. It's really hard mm-hmm. to to tell this story and make everything line up because. Like we just said, the second one is even a lot like the first one where, oh, the clues and all oh, the, you know, if you go to the Library it's of Congress, like how many too. more American monuments can they go to? You know, is I mean, this he one going to take place in Europe? Who knows what he's going to have to do now? Is he going to run for president this time? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the second one, you're, you're, you're hijacking the, the president. I mean, I just don't know how they're going to put this movie together. I think they have to go international. Because that's, that's where I think. I think you're gonna get. You have more historic and they did. stuff. They did go international in the second. They did. Week. They went to London. They went to Paris to you know Lady Laboulay, and they had to resolute desks and all Lady that stuff. Lady Laboulay. I don't know how he's getting around. <laughs> he's getting from he's getting from the UK to Maryland in like 20 minutes. Who knows? But you know, I think you you get you have more options when you go into Europe, and. Yeah. Uh, just all the historical stuff they have over there and might lead to some really, more treasures. I don't know. What they're going to have to do. I mean, what they do, you know, like, you know, the first one definitely focused on more when like America was like founded. The second one gets a little more later on with gifts, you know, with, with Statue of Liberty and things like that. So this one, I don't know. Maybe they go, do they go more current with like, I mean, is, is, is it as current as like, you know, the Vietnam war and certain presidents or like the Nixon 
uh, impeachment? Is it going to be topical? You know, a little impeachment mm. talk. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. The world's his oyster. I mean, ben Gates. He knows everything. I, <laughs> I trust Disney that they wouldn't make this unless they had a good handle. And I expect all the reviews to be like, like one and two. You know what you're going to get, but you get it. <laughs> and, that, and that's all we want. You know, when you want a Reese's, you want a Reese's. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I, I, I'm going to pretend. <laughs> I'm I really might, sorry I might, I might about that. that out. I might bleep I'm that sorry. out. Oh, my God. Uh. I can't I <laughs> um, I'm just sorry. I don't, I don't even I don't, really like I don't Reese's. Know to yeah, me neither. I like I like the. I think we talked the, about the that Reese's one, huh? cups. My favorite of all the Reese's is the Reese's cups because I like the chocolate to peanut butter ratio. It's like less. It's I more chocolate. I don't like. Yeah, that I don't like either of them really. I do love chocolate, pieces, but I don't love. Nah, they're okay. It's like when I get that candy for Halloween, I hate it. Um, all right. Well, look at that. We're hitting the hour mark. Marcus, it's been a pleasure. We talked a lot today. It's been fun. Glad you're feeling better. Getting the all-star break. Pretty happy about that. I kind of need a break. Uh, we didn't actually talk about the all-star game at all. I think we'll have another opportunity to maybe chat about that, going to depth, the new rules and things like that. Oy. Oh, Oy. God. Yeah, we do. I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I think we've had enough go on today, but... It's been fun. Again, you can follow me at, at Jason Talbot on Twitter at MChinQui. Follow us on IG at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks. This has been Let's Talk Knicks podcast. We'll talk to you next time.